what so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good afternoon, everyone. This is The Business Zone with... Crystal. And Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And today, folks, we're going to have an amazing show. We are going to be talking about exit strategies today. We're going to be talking about succession planning and some other tips on helping you to grow your business, grow strength in your business, and advance your business. But before we do that, I just want to have a talk to my co-host. So, Crystal, how are you doing today? I am good. (laughs) I am happy. It's Friday. You you know that I'm going out of I'm going out of the country, leaving on Sunday. I know I, you're gonna abandon me. Yeah, I am just for, but I'll be back before the show. So <laughs> <laughs> you won't even know that I'm gone. <laughs> my my co-host is going way across the country. She's going to the far east. <laughs> I am going to the far east. I will be in um, Cairo, Egypt. Oh wow! And I'll be seeing my niece, and I'm excited about that. And the ba- and the new baby, everyone knows I have a new baby, a niece, a granny. So that's where I will be next week. I think I'm ready. I have a suitcase full of clothes that oh, wow. should um, <laughs> that uh, should be appropriate for the the town that I'm going to. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to it. Hi, Mika. How are you? Um, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to my trip. Uh, I think the travel's all fine. I got, um, I did all of my paperwork today so that I, all my, um, thank you, Mika. So all of my, um, um, did you have to show proof that you got your shots and all of that? Your Actually, you don't have to right now. Well, yeah, I have to have my vaccination shots, but I didn't have to do a COVID testing or any of that. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. So, that's um, good. So I'm looking forward to it. As long as and I, it's on a uh, hopefully now the blessing would be that no one's sitting in a seat next to me or <laughs> any of the seats next to me. And I can stretch out if, since I couldn't get business class, cause that's, that's on the, that's another hard working summer. Oh, man. <laughs> how, how, how many hours is a trip? Is a flight? 16 hours total. 16 hours. Holy 16. moly. I know. I Six, know. I know. That's like two working days right there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rub that in, Mr. Gilbert. Two, two working days, you'll be sitting there in a seat on a plane. On a plane. <laughs> looking at some people that you don't even know. Right. So oh, I man. my my uh uh Bluetooths, my tablets, my computer is going because I actually have to broadcast a show from um uh, I have to broadcast Egypt. At, uh, Egypt, yeah, but I gotta. Uh, so the community briefing I should be able to do because it's in the morning, so it'll yeah. be eight o'clock at night, 
in Egypt, so that won't be a problem. So I should hey. mention that one as well. My co-host is making history. <laughs> I know. And then I have I have a class next Thursday. Hey, Brandon. Oh, so I have a class next Thursday for the New Women's Business Center. So I wish hopefully all go well. I'll be teaching from Cairo in the middle of the night. It'll be two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> now, for those for those of you who are just tuning in, this is the business zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from three to four. Now, if the show is interesting, we'll extend it until 4.30 just to satisfy our listeners or our viewers. But uh, you can find us at YouTube. You go to youtube.com and you can uh, log in there and hit that subscribe button if you want to receive continuous notification from us, materials, information that can help you to grow your business. Also, my co-host will tell you what other platforms are on. So, Crystal, you want to tell them what other platforms are on? So, you can check us out on YouTube and please subscribe and hit the like button uh, if you enjoy our, sh our, our shows, as well as Facebook and Twitter. And we're also on, and now, this was as of two weeks ago, we're now on LinkedIn. So we actually have a couple of visitors that I believe are coming in from LinkedIn. So I'm loving hello, that. Everyone. I am loving that. Thank you guys. So this is going to be a great show today. We are doing a series up until the end of probably um, October on achieving life work balance. So last week we talked about um, what that really means. And, uh, you know, we talked about, um, you know, what you need to do in order to do that, to balance out your life, because we just can't be workaholics. And I, maybe this is a near and dear to my heart, because this is probably first vacation since 2021. Well, I went in 2021. I went to Cancun. So, uh, but I worked hard this year. <laughs> she works hard for her money. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this, but it is important that we achieve life balance so we can enjoy what we're doing. But today we're going to be actually um, talking about exits and succession strategies for your business, because that's important as well. Um, I, you know, interesting, Gilbert, you and I both are coaching all the time. And I don't think I ever hear anyone talk about what is life going to look like uh, after I finish working. Yeah, I think they just plan on working for the rest of their natural life and, and, and just close the business down. So we want to let you know you have options. You don't have to shut your business down that you've been working so hard at and putting and dedicating your life to. You actually can uh, have strategy uh, that can help prepare you and get you ready for that. Right, Gilbert? A exactly. I, I totally agree with that, folks. You need to be thinking about ways in which you can enjoy your life. Enjoy your life, enjoy your family, enjoy your business. And that's what we're trying to do here on this show. And today, by talking to you about exit strategy, it's going to give you a different perspective on how you should be looking at your business. And this should be done prior to you starting your business. But many small businesses don't do that. They look at exiting the business after they get started and the business is, is in operation for multiple years. 
then that's when they start looking at that. So we're going to show you guys the pros and cons of that. We're going to show you some advantages, disadvantages, some strategies, uh, different strategies that you can look at. But one of those will fit you and your business. And uh, it's it's amazing. So I'm excited about this. Can't wait. Right. And I also think that uh, generally when people are looking at uh closing of their businesses because something has happened drastically in their world and mm -hmm. they can no longer uh, perform in their jobs but in their business and so unfortunately at that point in time your op your opportunities or your options are very limited right because you're operating out of a out of a necessity versus making it part of your plan now for many of you uh, if you have a business plan, that is actually the latter part of the last, before you get to the financial, actually is after the financial. It's like, okay, what's the exit strategy? Yes. yes. What you going to do? How are you going to make that happen? Right. So we're trying to uh, help you guys look at, this is something that should take place before you have to make this decision. Yes, exactly. And you guys will see. I mean, there are things I'm sure circling around in your mind right now or on other days that you're saying, oh, how am I going to do this? What if this happens? Then what do I do? So some of the pointers we're going to give you guys today is really, really going to help you to look at things a little differently. And I am just excited about that. So awesome, awesome. Uh, look, before we get going on to that, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to thank I want to thank um, all of you guys that tune in, uh, whether you're you're tuning in on YouTube or on Facebook Live or LinkedIn. Want to thank you guys for really checking out our show. Uh, as far as we're concerned, we're business coaches and we're phenomenal. That's what I think. And we've helped a lot of small business, thousands of small businesses become business ready, contract ready, bank loan ready, and grant grant ready. So uh, this show is just uh, icing on the cake because now we're reaching out to hundreds of thousands and millions of people out there in different countries. I uh, want to say hi to Brandon Bailey. Brandon, thank you for joining the show today, my brother. I appreciate it. Uh, we got to veganize it. <laughs> veganize it. That's that's one of my 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 protege and clients. Okay. Uh, that's right. that's Nikia right there. Hey Nikia. <laughs> hey Brandon. She said, "Hi, Coach uh, uh, and hello, Crystal." Uh, we also have Mika Lolita. Hey Mika, how are you doing? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And. Um, uh, I know there are more of you watching the show. You're kind of hiding. You don't want to show your face. You don't want to say hi. But hey, you know, I want you guys to all reach out, okay? <laughs> reach out. Uh, Chef Kia. So we are just, we're just excited. So Gilbert, before we jump into our, to our, um, our topic today, how was your week? Oh, my soul. My week was a crazy, crazy week. Um, I, I have quite a few high-profile clients on high-profile projects that I'm working with right now. And, you know, I've been running like crazy trying to help them to uh, get their their uh, program in order, whether it's labor compliance, certified payroll, contract compliance. You know, I'm helping them to meet certain government contract guidelines. And that's not only do I want to do that for uh, some of uh, the bigger companies, but I also want to do that for some of you small and micro businesses as well. I want you guys to start thinking about 
contracts, getting contracts as opposed to doing transactional business where you do one business at a time and not sure if you're going to get those clients coming back next week, next month or next year. So that's what I've been working on, Crystal. I've been helping a lot of my clients uh, stay in compliance, uh, obtain objectives, generate reports and all of those types of things. So uh, awesome. I've been pretty busy running crazy. Um, I think there was a night that I went to bed like 4.30 in the morning. I don't remember what I was doing. I, I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> I think that has something to do with the tech. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I feel you. It's been, you know, for Here's the thing. When you are in business for yourself and you want to go on a vacation, you want to take off more than one day, right? Yeah. Generally, I get my, my downtime when everybody else gets their dying time, so they're not trying to call you. Yeah. But this week, I had to, everybody needed to jump in for an appointment. And I had appointments on top of appointments, clients on top of clients, trying to squeeze everybody in. The finally Thursday, I said, okay, that's it. I will see you guys in October. <laughs> no more appointments. I am not, just imagine if I went away for a whole month. Oh man. <laughs> this is just literally seven days. <laughs> that's amazing. So, that's amazing. Yeah, and see, so, uh, that's why that's why we don't want to stray too far away from the from the flock uh clients. We want to stay with you. We want to give you that guidance, that nudging that you need. Because at the end of the day, just so you know this, on this show, at the end of the day, what Coach Crystal and I want for all of you guys is for all of you guys to get contracts or grants. That's what we want. So we're prepping you guys. We're moving you in, the, in that direction so your business can become ready and have all of the compliance paperwork and documents in place. So when we jump into contract mode, there's no looking back. You got everything you need and we can get this going for you. I want, I'm hoping you guys have set a goal for this year to generate at least a million dollars for your business. I'm hoping we only have three more months left in the year. Three more months, right, coach. Exactly. Three so I, more months. <laughs> they got they got to be close to it right now. But I will say this, Gilbert. I met with a young lady first time talking to this young client, um, and uh, I was so impressed by her. She has to be in her mid twenties. She wow. is started a business in January. She's already at the six figure point. Oh wow! Love it. Love it. <laughs> and. And she's like, and she's so humble. She's like, I'm not quite sure how I got here, but I, I got here and I was telling her how proud I was of, of, of her. But one of the things we were talking about was she was, her money was feeling tight, even though she's making money, right? Yeah. Money is still tight because most of her money, she has a labor in, uh, in, uh, intensive business yes. I mean, in order for her product to get done. It, there has to be someone performing the products that she's paying and she yeah. has her, she has a number of, uh, employees on payroll. So of course, when it comes to payroll time, you know, that that's crunch time, right? She's yes. sweating bullets on how yeah. you're going to, how are you going to get payroll? So, um, I was helping her with her accounting, setting up her books and she really wanted to know how to do it. So I was uh, walking her through that. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I noticed on all of her AR, everything was due at the end of the month. Right. And so I said, I told her, so she was saying, I need to hire more people 
but I don't know where the money's going to come from. And, uh, and she goes, I, 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 I don't know how I could do this. I don't even know how I can market for more business because I can't, I got the people that lined up, but I don't know. And so I said, when I looked at her books, I said, well, for one thing, we need to stagger your due dates yes. for your money. I said, your, yeah. your, your, your payroll needs, your, your income needs to be adjusted to how your pay, how, you know, your most biggest, your biggest expenses yes. with, your, uh, with is your payroll. She goes, what? I said, so that's <laughs> hard to change existing. I said, but go out there and look for new clients mm -hmm. and get them to pay you up front. Right. And then get them for this first job anyway, and then change their due date. Don't let their mm -hmm. due date be uh, at the end of the month. Make them right. the 15th of the month. So don't start them to the 15th of the month. Mm -hmm. That way you'll have money coming in in between each payroll. She goes, oh, my God. <laughs> so just that little bit of tweaking. Yeah. Yeah. makes a big difference right so now she is on fire now <laughs> and see sometimes that's all it takes coach crystal that's all it takes is for folks to just do something a little bit different in their business just tweak it a little bit and you'd be surprised the types of rewards that you're getting in there it's just unbelievable exactly hey jasmine how are you good to hey see jasmine you. welcome to the business zone jasmine i really appreciate you <laughs> You're one of our die-hard, ride-or-die supporters. We really appreciate you, Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> we probably won't get our other ride-and-die, Mr. Gregory Sneed, because his birthday is on Monday, and he's having a birthday party this weekend. So oh. he's working hard uh, <laughs> to make that happen. So we probably won't see him today. But we're doing a shout-out to Mr. Gregory Sneed. Happy birthday, Greg. Happy and birthday, so Mr. Greg. How you doing, sir? So many more. So when you do catch the rerun of this, you'll know that we were thinking about you on the business zone and we were wishing you well. And look who <laughs> look who we have here, Miss Pal, Patricia Langford. Hey, the, 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 the mobile notary service, uh, yes. one of our amazing clients. Uh, Patricia, thank you for joining in. I really appreciate you. This is amazing. Yeah, she's been thank watching you. on the she's been watching on my channels, and so glad to have you. Yes, happy birthday, Mr. Gregory Sneed. If this was a singing so show, we sing happy birthday, but this is a talking <laughs> show, so we're just gonna talk it. <laughs> we're just, my brother, we'll talk it. We'll talk it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um Good week. So now I'm uh I'm I'm excited. So also guys know that for the month of October, again, part of the, the achieving work-life balance series, we're gonna go into a topic uh that we feel is pretty important for those of us that are single entrepreneurs and looking to strive and striving to have a balanced life. And a lot of times we don't have a balanced life because there's nobody in our lives that will tell us that, hey, you're working too much today. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. we're gonna we're gonna have some great guests that's gonna come in and talk. We're just gonna have that topic, and that's gonna be the topic for the for uh, most of our guests are gonna be talking about that it throughout the month of October. So please make sure you come back to us every week because it's gonna be fun. And I promise you guys, you're gonna start looking at your business, life, and relationship much differently after you've seen this show or participate in this show because we're gonna show you the correlation between 
being in a relationship and the way you run your business. So we can't wait. We've got a lot of data, a lot of people, a lot of uh, folks who can validate some of this information to bring on the show. And you are going to see. And I can't wait to test some of you to see if our theory is right. We know it's right, but we just want to hear you guys say it. Okay. So that's going to happen in, in, in uh, October. And as a matter of fact, we're going to try to ride that horse until his feet fall off. <laughs> until you guys say you don't want it anymore. Because uh, we strongly believe that there's a strong correlation between having your personal relationship and running your business. Uh, it's based on how you do both of those and how successful you can be. I, 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 yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, because you can't, we can't work all the time. And we found that out. You, you burn yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. You're burning yourself right. out and you just yeah. want to, you also want to have people in your corner supporting you as an entrepreneur and if they don't understand what entrepreneurs go through, there's no way they can support you the right way. And that will bring undue stress on you and you won't be able to perform in your business, take care of your clients, generate the kind of money you want. So we just want to show you guys the correlation and maybe some of you will start uh, kicking some people to the curb and go, hey, you're not good for me. <laughs> Shouldn't be in my life. <laughs> you're slowing me down. You're slowing down my business. You know, some of those yeah. things. We'll probably start looking at so yeah it's, it's very important okay gilbert are we ready to jump on our our topic for today oh yes oh yes we are ready so uh coach that you want to go ahead your area your area of expertise <laughs> you you but, love having this conversation oh yes i do so today folks we're talking about exit strategy in your business and also succession planning they're they're one and the same you know they're a little some people call it different it's like tomato tomato potato potato that's what this is exit strategy and succession planning so we're going to cover that today now um uh i i won't be able to pop this on the screen uh, coach do, do you oh. Oh, do you yeah, have your thing okay uh-huh you want to put the the what you said oh wait a minute i have one that's gonna set up that I have already. Because you got up. you got your little fancy one there. I that, have my you know. fancy one there. Oh, and just, just so you guys know this, uh, Coach Crystal, she's got this little fancy smanchy way of doing presentations that Is put it? me to shame. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not as flashy and as as dynamic as she is with putting these <laughs> this presentation materials together. So I always follow her lead. All right. So uh, so we're talking today about uh, uh, small business exit strategies, and there's some some methods. Whoops, go, we're already taking you to the end. Uh, there's some methodologies that are there. But first, but the, fir the first thing I want to do is give a definition. You know, so right, folks so, folks can see and understand what exit strategy is all about. So exactly. So what is a exit strategy? And I guess, Gilbert, when should we think about it? Should it be when we're ready to exit? Or should we have been thinking about this all along? Exactly. So, folks, I'll start out with a definition. An exit strategy is a plan that all businesses should have. Okay? All businesses should have this plan. And this plan outlines how the business owner plan on transitioning or exiting the business or the marketplace from owning and running the daily operation of your business to selling 
merging or handing down the investments of the business uh, that he or she created. And uh, also the strat exit strategy helps business owners to have an, an out if they want to sell, close or pass on the business to someone else. So it gives you, you know, it gives you an opportunity to say, OK, I've had enough time for me to go. I want to put this in some capable, capable hands and I can move on. That's pretty much what this is all about. Now, entrepreneurs must create an exit strategy plan before starting their business. Mm. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> entrepreneurs <laughs> must create an exit strategy plan before starting your business. So when you're writing your business plan to start your business, you should include an exit strategy in your business plan because it will let you know two, two, two things. It will let you know if the business is super successful and you've gotten it to a certain point where you just don't want to deal with it anymore or it's too big for you or you want to take it next level so it can grow some more, then that's an exit strategy right there where you can transition to, to a, a partnership, merging or, or growing it or selling the business. That's one. The next one is if the market has become so atrocious, like we've just gone through uh, the pandemic and, and over 440,000 minority businesses had to close their doors. One, because they didn't have an exit strategy. Two, they didn't have their back office set up. The planning, all their paperwork and everything they needed to be agile, they couldn't do that because they didn't have that exit strategy put together. So all of these things are things you want to look at when you're running your business. The exit strategy is something that you want to tweak as the business grows, as the business goes along. So let's say you started your business three years ago. So your business is three years old and you're generating a million dollars. That's very good for a three-year-old business. So with the three-year-old business generating a million dollars, you want to tweak that exit strategy. And you may say, well, at five year, at the five-year marker, I want to generate this amount. Mm -hmm. And then at the 10-year marker, you want to generate this amount. Now, if that's not happening, then that's when you tweak it and say, okay, this was my plan, but it's not happening this way. So mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to include these other variables. I want to include these other resources. So that's how I want you guys to look at it. So that's pretty much what the exit strategy is all about. And by the way, that's my definition. So the source is Buchanan and Associates, if you guys want to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said it's your thing. So, and here's the thing, Gilbert. So those businesses, those three, four hundred, four hundred thousand businesses uh, that went out of business, I am sure a lot of it was because they were no longer relevant. Right. 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 Their, right. Their, their businesses had lost their relevancy mm -hmm. in the current marketplace that we're in. Right. Right. They were probably hanging on a string. Now, one what one could have done, one could have backed up like five years ago and said, you know what? I've done my research and I see that the trend for the business that I'm in is no longer is going not going to be valid or right. feasible right. in the next five years. We couldn't right. predict the, the pandemic, but we can predict what the natural occurrences that can take place in our business where there's no longer a need for you. So at that point, you need to be pivoting 
or thinking, you know what? I have a large clientele base. They're loyal to me. Uh, I've made good money. Maybe I can look for a partner or I can look for a way to exit out of this. Let someone else come in with some new bright ideas and maybe turn that business around. So maybe we would not have lost 400,000 businesses if those of us, or those that uh, had to shutter their doors had a, been prepared for whatever that future looks like. And you know what's amazing about that also? In business and in life, there are certain indicators, certain key performance indicators that can tell you when things are going right or it's going wrong, it's not going so good. I'm sure those were there for those 440,000 small businesses that went out of business, but they ignore it. Uh, before I do that, I want to send a shout out to Tudor Jack Network. Tudor Jack, thank you for, for uh, tuning in to us. I really appreciate you, my brother. And uh, you, you've been supporting us for a long time. So we really appreciate you, Tudor Jack. So thank you for that. Right. So with the KPIs, the key performance indicators that I'm talking about, those 440,000 minority businesses that went out of business during the pandemic, the, the first part of the pandemic. You know, that's the first part. I'm not talking about at the, the end of the 12 months, because at that time, I'm sure another 200,000 minority businesses went out of business. But right, we're talking right. about the first part, the first six months of the pandemic, where that 440,000 went out of business. Now, certain key indicators were you probably weren't generating as much sale as you were before. So you probably weren't generating the amount of sales you were last year or the year before. That's the first indicator. The next thing is your clients perhaps were not as excited and interested in your product or your services anymore because all of those things are, are, are pointers. Those, those are uh, little indicators for you to pay attention to, but many mm -hmm. business owners don't because they're thinking, oh, we're making some sales, so we're okay. Or if mm -hmm. we're making less sale, then uh, maybe it's only going to be for a few months and then it's going to go back. No. Whenever you see a drop in sales, you need to pay attention because something went wrong why <laughs> you had a drop in sale. Something went wrong. Okay? So that's one of the reasons if they had an exit strategy, it would it would um, account for that type of behavior or activity. So those are things, folks, I really want you guys to just, you know, think about. And think, and about, think about that. This is, you know, this don't let's because we've just come out of a very special time. So this is for the from now to the future. You don't want to get caught up into that same cycle because I'm going to guarantee you there's going to be another crisis. We don't know what it is, but there is going to be another crisis. So we have to be really looking at our business in, 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 in not just in the moment, but we got to look for it through our business. And we have to be honest with ourselves where we are and where we want to go. So one of the things Gilbert said at the top of this conversation was, uh, what were your sales goals for? What was your projections for your re uh, revenues for this year? And if you wanted to be a million dollars, then of course, January, 2022, you should have had a plan in place, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Had to have a plan in place. So the same thing with this strategy here, you know, it's something interesting, Gilbert. I I've been watching on, um, uh, secession and it's about the, it, I guess, loosely about the Murdoch family, right? Yeah. Yeah. The big media giant. So we think that in those worlds, 
they got everything together, right? right we right. think that everything is in place and what have you. So there was a loose secession plan in place. The father mm-hmm. got ill and mm-hmm. he was thinking about, well, actually he had a secession plan, plan yeah. in place. So yeah. he made an announcement that he was going to make his oldest son the successor. Yeah. So he put his oldest son in that position. He was standing on the backside going, I have made the biggest mistake of my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make some changes yeah. because he did not. Yes, Brandon, he did not prepare. And Brandon, you can if it's your favorite show, you, you know what's happening. He did not prepare the kids. For this, and so they don't know what they're doing in in this place, and he's looking at his billion dollar industry about to yeah. uh, go down the drain, and yeah. he is panicking. He gets sick. It's just and watching the show, you're like, wow, this happens in the big leagues just as much as it happens. In oh the, yes, in the little leagues down. Oh here. yes, so and very. Yeah, that's, crazy that's, <laughs> that's why we want to pay attention to those things. And sometimes things are happening around us. We need to pay attention to it. Now, I want you guys out there, all of you watching this show right now and listening to it as well. I want you to picture this. This is how I want you to perceive your business in the industry. Just imagine you are walking about a mile at night from point A to point B. So point A, I mean, point B could be at your home. It could be at your office, but point A is somewhere else far away from your office. You have to walk at night to point B. It's a mile. Now, throughout that mile, there is a lot of things that's going to happen. You may have dogs coming out, rushing at you, biting at you. You may have, you know, shady looking people, you know, checking you out and go, hey, you know, what are you doing in my neighborhood? Or you may have certain things happening. But as you go along that journey, that one mile journey, a lot of things are going to happen. That's how I want you to look at your business. The life of your business Okay, life of your business can be anywhere from three years to 20 years. It could be that, the life cycle. You got to understand the cycle. So while you're in the industry and you're performing your, 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 your sales, right, things are going to happen. And that's why you will need to have these strategies in place. Now, if you're walking down that path and you're being attacked by dogs and all kinds of things <laughs> at night, right? The next time you're walking down that path, you're going to go, you know what? I've been attacked by dogs and all kinds of muggers and people down that path. So guess what? I don't want to take that path anymore. I want to take another path, and hopefully there won't be any any aggressive dogs or or Mm -hmm. gangsters, right? That's how you want to do your business, and that's how your exit strategy should be set up. So when you come across obstacles that you can't really mitigate and you can't take care of, then you've got other ways out of it. Now, a lot of people, the ones who don't have ways out of it, those are the ones who crumble and die. All right. Mm -hmm. Just remember, in business, it's a dog eat dog world. The little dogs that are on your <laughs> level, <laughs> they're going to try to nip at you and they're going to do things. They probably won't kill you, 
but they'll nip at you, they'll injure you. The big dogs are the ones who are gonna step on your throat and they'll kill you because they've got the money, they got the resources, they got connections, they got the network. So you wanna be so strategic so little dogs and big dogs will not attack you and try to hurt you, but instead trying to form an alliance with you so you guys can grow together. Do you guys see right. what I'm saying? And 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 that's and being proactive, being being much more pro, have more proactivity uh, to what you're doing, and being deliberate. I think that's my favorite word this year is being deliberate about everything that you you need to be doing. So let me ask this, Gilbert. So what are some of the things we have to be considering prior to us looking at exiting our business? Excellent. So here are twelve questions that entrepreneurs should be asking themselves. And uh, uh, co-host, do you have those 10 questions on your side? Because I, I got do. them on my side. Okay. I have it. I have can you, it. Can you pop it up on the screen so the audience can see it? I certainly can. Okay. So I'm going to stop this one and I'm going to share. So there, there are 12 questions, guys. You need to ask yourself, you know, prior to considering an exit strategy in your business. Okay. 12. 12 questions. There, I'm sure there are more, but these are 12 key questions that you want to look at. Okay. So let me know when you're ready, co-host. Oh, I'm you're ready. ready. There you I'm go. Ready. <laughs> All right. So the first question that you want to ask yourself, guys, is what's your annual revenue? What revenues are you generating right now? And what revenues, you know, would you like to be generating right now? That's the first question you want to ask, because this goes back to my point that I made earlier about you supposed to be generating a million dollars and that's not happening. So how do you deal with that? How do you mitigate that issue? How do you get back on track? Because you're not making a million and you're at, say, five or six hundred thousand, do you close your doors? What do you do? So that's one of the things that you want to consider before you do that. Now, I'm going to go to the next question. The next question you want to ask yourself is, what is our EBITDA? You know what EBITDA is? E-B-I-T-A? It's on your financial statements, guys. It's on your <laughs> P&L. Okay? You're, you're funny today. <laughs> A lot of small businesses do not look at their financial statements. And we want to get you guys to start looking. At, even if you don't understand what's on it, start looking at it. Start getting familiar with some of the words, some of the terms on there, guys. Because otherwise, your bookkeepers, your accountants, your tax preparers, those guys are going to run circles around you because they're going to go, ah, oh, this person doesn't know what the heck they're doing, so I could tell them anything. So you want to know what your EBITDA is. So here's what EBITDA is. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, and amortization, okay? This is a measure of the company's profitability used by investors and also by you, all right? It's a very helpful thing in order to uh, do a comparison of one company to another in the same line of business. So when you're comparing your business to another business, you look at the EBITDA. EBITDA is interest, taxes, and amortization before when you're generating your profitability, your revenues. Okay, so that's stuff you want to look at. Okay, 
This can provide a more accurate view of your company and real performance over time if you start paying attention to that, doing your, your performance and talking to your bookkeeper. Now, if you don't have a bookkeeper, guess who is right in front of you? My co-host, Crystal, Coach Crystal Mitchell. This is what she does. This is what she does, folks. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to her and she can tell you about your EBITDA. You know, and, and it's a simple thing. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of Gilbert of just teaching them how to even read the financial statement to see what they're. It's more than just handing it over to your tax man at the end of the year or handing it over to the person that's going to provide you or you're looking for a loan. It's really helping you understand exactly the financial wellness of your company. Right. And yes. you want to look at your your financial statements on a, on a, a, a definitely a monthly uh, 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 time frame, but not waiting until January, uh, December 31st when somebody runs you a report and now you hand that to the tax man. And then you can't even answer a question uh, that they ask. Like yesterday, I had a for one of my clients. Well, for one of the I'm the treasurer on that. I sit on a, a nonprofit board. Right. And we were trying to get the the our, our 990 done last night because uh, we were running up against the deadline. And so I looked at, he handed me over the, um, uh, he printed it out before he was going to send it in so I could take a look at it. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, there's something wrong because I knew what my numbers were, right? And I'm like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> Where's the, where the revenue? <laughs> They forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of, it, it was, a, it was a, you know, the 990, the long, long, long version of the 990 is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty intimidating. And so we had to work on it together because he's like, you know, your numbers better than I know what your numbers are. So I looked at and I was able to look. It's like, okay, yeah, this is what our expenses were. This this is what our rev was. This is what our gross uh, profits were. Um, and then this is what our net profits were at the end of the day. I said, so you need to adjust some numbers here because some things are wrong. Some things are not working. And, and then when I said, and we want to make sure they tie in. I don't care if they don't tie into your form, but they need to tie into my balance sheet and they need That's to tie right. into my financial statement. <laughs> and see, folks, this this may seem very complicated to you because I have a lot of clients. I've dealt with thousands of clients, okay? And a lot of clients, man, when <laughs> when it comes to the financial <laughs> statement and their tax return, they run away. You know, you know, when you enter a room and you turn on the lights, you see all the roaches scurrying away. <laughs> That's what a lot of our clients do, man. When it comes when you mention the word financial, they oh, I'm not here. I don't want to talk about that. I'm gone. But you can't do that, folks. You gotta embrace it. You gotta embrace it, okay? So what you want to start doing is looking at it this way, because you know how much money you make. You know what you sell. You are more of a genius about your financials than anyone else, right? Because yes. you're doing this every day. You know if you sell $10, right? You make a sale of $10, maybe you know $4 of that is going to be cost of goods sold. It's going to be the right. cost that generates the good that you sold, right? So that's $4. Now you got $6 left. All right. That $6 you're going to use for overhead, all your regular expenses, you know, your light bill, your salaries, all of those things. 
after right. that you may have two dollars left right and after two dollars now you can either decide you want to do retained earnings to put it back in the business or you could take a dollar of that invest that and then keep another dollar that you put back in a bit. That, that's simple, guys. That's how it is. That's what running a business is all about. You know, okay. so that's how I want you guys to start looking. And, and also, Gilbert, when you have a succession plan or strategy in place, so now you're forced to think future, right? Yes. Because you're going, wait a minute, my profits, if, if at some point, five, 10 years from now, I have to be able to show that my business is is a profitable business yes. worthy of being purchased yes worthy of being uh um um sold to someone else or or partnered else with someone with somebody else so now i'm not just thinking about the right now i'm thinking what that future looks like so that's how i'm running my business is making sure i'm looking at what is going to happen at the end of my 20 year or 30 year stretch and and folks that's an amazing point that co co-host just made right i want you guys to look at your business like when you're running your business look at it like you're going to sell it in five to ten years okay that's how you want to run the business all right so if i want to get the most value out of my business what can i do to get it to that level if i want to sell this business as a 10 million dollar business but I'm only making three million right now. What can I do to enhance the value of that? Okay, so that's how I want you guys to look at your business because that becomes part of your exit strategy. Also, you know that's going to help you in that aspect. So let's look at the third question that you want to ask yourself: What is your profit? What is our profit? What is our profit? Are we making enough money? So we make ten dollars in sales. Four dollars of that is cost of goods sold. Then the, the six that's left over, we got to do expenses, overhead. We got to pay mm -hmm. for the phone, the light, the rent, and all of that. All right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. of of all of that, how much profit do you have? Did you make? And if you're not making any profit, guys, then you want to put some strategies in place. That's how you tweak that strategy to go out there and make more, so that when you get to that level where you want to sell the business for 10 million but you're only bringing in a million right. and then your expenses and everything else is about what 600,000 700 800,000 right. now you have 200,000 left those are things you need to think about guys and figure out like like coach crystal said sometimes a simple tweak can help you to bring in more money or spend less so that's how you want to look at this when it comes to your exit strategy exactly. now the next question you want to look at how many employees do we have how many do we need how many employees do we have and if we decide to exit this business how is it going to impact those employees mm. those are things you want to take a look at guys you want to take a look at that because if you've been in business, some of you have been in business for 17, 20 years, right? So these employees have been with you long. You know, uh, Pat, Pat, Pat uh, Langford earlier said, ride or die. Some of these employees are your ride or die employees. They're there and, for and, you. And, <laughs> Go ahead. And they're family. Yeah, some they're family. Of them are like, 
you, yes, you've been yes. with them when they when they were kids. They may have come to you when they were young and they're right out of college. Yes. Uh, then they've gotten married and had kids. You've been to weddings. You've been to baby showers. You so they're like family. So again, yes. this decision impacts everyone under the building under the roof. Uh, 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 of that building yeah. of that business. So yes. again, that's that's the the I guess that's the um I don't know if it's a pro or a con, but if you're growing a business and you and you st uh, start to um uh uh go level up to the next level, going to the next level, then there's a lot more responsibilities that go along with that. So it's not like when you first started it and you were like uh cowboy in it, doing everything and yeah. wearing all the hats and making decisions on the spur of the moment. <laughs> it's it's definitely a pro. Definitely a pro. <laughs> definitely. So so these are serious things, guys, you need to be asking yourself in your business before you think about exiting that business. Because when you exit a business, you're not just exiting for yourself. You're exiting for your employees. You're exiting for your customers. Remember, your customers are very important to you mm -hmm. because they got you to where you are. So exactly. when you're exiting, it's going to impact them too. So you want to think about that too. So that's why thinking and planning, asking yourself these questions ahead of time is going to be good. Now, here's another question that you want to ask yourself as a business owner. Are there liens on the business? Are there liens? Did you borrow money? You weren't able to pay it back, so they put a lien on your property? Or do you have a transaction? You have a contract with somebody that they feel you didn't perform properly, so they put a lien on your prop on, on your business? You know, these are things that you need to think about, guys, before you sell. Because <laughs> just so you know this, if I'm buying a business from any of you, if I'm buying a business, you best believe that <laughs> I'm going to do background check on that business. I want to know if there's any liens. I want to know if there's any blemishes on your record, if the financials is not in order. I'm looking at that because if you want $10 million from me, that business better be worth $10 million. So you're doing what they call your, their due diligence. Due diligence. You got to do your due diligence. diligence. <laughs> so you want to check out to see if there are liens on properties, or, I mean, on, on businesses before you buy them. You know, I was talking to someone today who was thinking of buying a business and I and the person was excited about it. I say, you know, hold your horses, step on your brakes. I don't want to. I don't want to be the person that's going to throw mud all over your dreams, but I just want you to think of some things before you buy this business. You know, you want to first look at their tax returns for the last five to seven years. Look at that. See, you know, are they be really making profits? Because the, if the prices they're quoting you sound like a good price, so why would they be selling for that price if they were profitable? That's the first thing. And let's say that that's, you know, that's true. That's okay. The next thing is you want to look at, are there liens on this business? You know, are there lawsuits? Are there lawsuits against this business that's pending right now? You want to know, because if you buy that business, then those lawsuits now become yours. <laughs> right, exactly. And you also want to know a reason why. What What's your, 
you know, why, why are you wanting to sell your business? Is this something that was already scheduled out based upon yeah. how you built your business yes. or did something happen? I remember a, a student of mine, uh, Gilbert, was so excited because she was going to buy, uh, she got an amazing deal on a franchise for Chili's over by um, um, uh, Loyola uh, in Westchester. Uh -huh. Right. right, right, and it was right there on the street, and mm -hmm. and I was just almost giving the business away. Yeah. So when he was telling me that, I said, "Well, wait a minute. <laughs> if he's just about giving this business to you, there's yeah. a reason why." Yeah, I said so. I need you to go back and do some research and do your due diligence to find out why the cost, the selling price is so low. And mm -hmm. so as when she came back the next week, she said, oh, my God, thank God you you asked me that question. And because it turned out what had happened was they had opened up a Chili's on uh, Express on the campus of the school. Mm. So now the students no longer had to come down on to Manchester in mm -hmm. order to of um us uh, uh to get their food and to support that business they had it right there dorms so that was so, why it was dirt cheap he was trying so to get the out. competition was eating into their profits, <laughs> and he thought if he got someone kind of naive and excited yeah. and just had money yeah. that they wouldn't go through the details and, and go and do their due diligence. And so right. she came back, she goes, oh my God, thank you so much oh, for, yeah. for uh, suggesting that. Because she goes, right. I was ready to sign the papers. See, that's, that's like what I'm talking about. Fantastic deal. So, Folks, this is what I want you to look at. Just like I created a scenario earlier about you walking a mile in the dark, going home from point A to point B, I'm going to paint another scenario for you so you can get a better picture of your business, okay? Just remember this. Every entrepreneur who owns a business, that business is their baby. That's your baby right there. Wow. And and one of, the, one of the, the key things that you learn about your baby is what? Your baby is never ugly. <laughs> no, no one will say you, you will not allow anyone to say your baby is ugly. Right? That's hilarious. <laughs> You're always saying, "Oh, this baby is so beautiful, so cute, so great." You know, the same thing with your business. Your business is so cute, so great. You know, so resourceful, generating so much business for you, providing employment for your employees. That's how you're looking at your business. So therefore, you're not just going to give up your baby like that, right? So if someone comes in and they're giving up their baby, say, hey, man, I don't want this baby anymore, man. You can have this baby for $5. Take it. Take the baby. $5. <laughs> you're going to go, well, there's something going on here, man. Maybe this baby is a demon baby or something like that, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so... I want you to look at it same way. If someone is trying to sell their business and they're giving it away for nothing, you want to step on the brakes and go, ah, let me check first and see what's going on with the baby. Does the baby have two ears, two eyes, one mouth, some ten, ten fingers? You want to check it out. So that's what you're doing with, with a business and that's what others are doing with your business before uh, you, you exit the business onto them.
okay? So another thing you want to ask yourself is how much debt does the business have? How much debt does the business have? Because that's very important when it comes to exit strategies because I'm not going to take on a company that has more debt than the revenue that it's bringing in. I'm going to repeat myself, folks. I am not going to take on any business that has a, the, the debt is a lot higher than the revenues that the company is bringing in. Okay? That means the business is upside down. Right. So I want you guys to think about that. The next question that you want to ask yourself is, what can the exit the exiting owner do to increase the value of the business in the interim prior to selling? Can they do anything? Can you do anything to increase the value? Because if you can do that, why wouldn't you? Because that's only going to increase your sale price. That's only going to make them love the business more. It's going to make them love your baby more, right? right so exactly. that's what you want to look at, right? You want to look at that. Is there any way we can increase the value? Can we throw in some things? Can we throw in some contingencies? What is it we can do? Can we throw in some strategic partners with this deal? The next question you want to ask is... Gilbert, just before you had that one, though, we yes. also, you also, if you're buying, if somebody's buying a business, you want to make sure that existing owner is has an open communication with their, with their customers. Yes. Because what we all know is People support our businesses because of us. If you mm -hmm. provided an amazing value uh, proposition to them as to why they should purchase from you or uh, be your customers, or you provide excellent customer service, I mean, above standard. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that what they, they've been getting from you is going to continue on to the next owner because yeah. there's a lot of attrition that goes along when ownership changes hands so yeah. i would think you would want to make sure that the owner is is making that transition uh from him being at the at the helm to someone else being at the helm so almost like maybe you know i need to come in and observe with the employees yeah to make sure that because that could be a drastic drop and yes. drastic oh, drop sure. in morale and support of your employees if that's not the case. Now, if it's a, an acquisition, that's whole different. They don't even mm -hmm. care because they're going to gut what this going. They're going to gut what they're going to gut and go on. Yeah. But yeah. if they're going to continue on your business in the same, um, with the same standards that you have, you need to make sure they, I would think you would want the uh, existing owner to make sure that the transition from one owner to another was a smooth, as smooth as possible. That's definitely so. Definitely so. That will create a peace of mind in the buyer's mind. If they know those things are happening, then that will make them feel a little better about the transaction. Right. Now, the next, the next thing you want to look at it, folks, or a question you want to ask yourself, do you or does the company have an attorney? Is there an attorney for the business? Is there an attorney that you can go to, you can call on when any questions come up or anything about the business? You got to have an attorney, guys. You got to have an attorney. And I told you guys how you can have certain attorney available to you where you don't have to pay big money. You know, I already told you guys that. 
But if you guys want to know, <laughs> if you, guys you did, huh? know, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did because I have multiple of them you know, on my team that will, you know, I have questions. I call them up. I send them emails and then, you know, they provide me some answers. And if I'm not happy with that answer, then, you know, I take it next level. But you got to have an attorney because you may be operating the business uh, unlawfully. I don't want to say illegally, but unlawfully. And you don't even know it. So you need someone to say, hey, man, no, you don't want to do that. You want to tweak, you know, you want to slow down on this. Some of these things you say on social media, you may not want to say that. Some of the things you put in your packaging, you may not want to do that. How about your service contract? You know, when you write a service contract for a client, you may say some things in there that can commit you that, you know, if you get sued, you may be paying out millions of dollars. So you want to have an attorney to on your team to review some things for you. And I think also attorney uh, and, and actually the next one that you're going to talk about is number nine. They mm -hmm. can be very uh, instrumental in this transaction and in the secession and the exit strategy. They actually um, can bring uh, potential buyers to the table for you. Exactly. That they've already vetted and, and have done their due diligence with them. So that's a great yeah, point, that's, Crystal. That's a mm -hmm. great point. That's a great point. Because sometimes you may want to sell the business, but you don't know where to go, who to to try to bring in or, or sell the business, solicit the business to. The attorney may know someone, or they may know someone who knows someone. So right. that's another good thing that you want to have the attorney the attorney for. And also that attorney is going to read all the paperwork and make sure that you're not being taken advantage of. So those are key things. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, I wrote, I recently wrote a, 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 an exit strategy, a succession plan for one of my clients, and they took the plan to the attorney, and that's that's exactly what happened. The attorney looked at the plan and said, oh, good, you know, now let's find out if some of these things you're doing or not doing. <laughs> and right. so the exit strategy was a good tool for this attorney to go over, you know, line by line and say, hey, do you have this? You know, are you doing this? You know, uh, how are you going to mitigate this issue? You know, so mm -hmm. those things are good for you. So when the buyer comes along, you have those things already taken care of. Now, the next question you want to ask yourself is, or, or someone is going to ask you, is do you have a CPA or an accounting firm working for you? Now, my co-host, this is her, this is her playpen. So I want her to tell you a little bit why this part is so critical for your business, having a CPA or an accounting firm working for you, as opposed to having just a bookkeeper. So Crystal, do you want to share some of that expertise with them? Uh, I do. One of the things is if, I mean, one, a bookkeeper does the day-to-day uh transactions to make sure that your 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 books are in order on a regular day-to-day -day basis your cpa on the other hand he's the one that's going to be able to to uh, analyze your financial statements and help you decipher where you are in the financial health of your business right but as i said earlier he's also the one that has other clients that may be looking for tax write-offs or maybe looking for a business to buy because they need uh, some, some tax incentives along the way. So 
having that CPA, that someone that knows you, not someone that this comes in and does your taxes at the end of the year and you never ever um uh and you never ever have any other conversation with them throughout the year then no so there's a team your team should consist of your attorney it should consist of your 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 CPA it should consist of your 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 bookkeeper these are the people that help you stay in compliance and stay business ready bank loan ready and as we always say contract ready so that's one of the reasons it's important to find a firm but i say to anyone um i do bookkeeping i don't do uh taxes so that's not my area of, i don't even want that area of expertise but one of the things I say is interview that attorney and that CPA. Make sure they are um, they know where you want to go with this and what your mm-hmm. what your goals and expectations are, and what how what kind of milestones you're trying to reach. So mm-hmm. build up a relationship, establish a relationship with your CPA firm. Uh, you're not going to speak to him every single day because that's going to cost you money, just like an attorney. But mm-hmm. when you're making these type of decisions, you want to be able to. Um, you want to be able to sit down with him. He, and he is the one that knows your numbers. I will tell you this. When I work on a client's uh, financials, there is not much I don't know about you after I finish. And that's the same <laughs> thing with your... I know exactly how you're running your business. <laughs> just so you guys know, and I say this a lot on this show, just so you know, my co-host... She does the DNA on your business. <laughs> she she knows what's going on. She does forensics on that thing. So after she does that, then she can tell you a nice little story about the business. And you're going to go, how do you know that? <laughs> That's what she does. <laughs> right, exactly. In a good way, guys. In a good, In a good way. way. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the same thing with a CPA. He can really tell a lot. They can tell a lot about how you run your business. Um, how you handle your financials, uh, your even your viewpoint on your financials, and um, just by looking at your fin- your financial accounting, your systems, uh, it, it tells a big story about you. So important to have both your attorney, your CPA, and a bookkeeper, and you. You should be as much as as knowledgeable as all of those people. Just don't turn your books over to somebody and say, hell, handle it. And then somebody asks a question, you're like, I don't know. You need to go talk to my bookkeeper. (laughs) I've had that happen. And of course, on the other side, whoever was asking for it, they're like, well, how come they don't know? And yeah. so, and they may even ask me that question as well. Uh, yeah. I, I, now I got to, I got to fumble all over that question without saying they don't, they don't have an interest in knowing about this. Exactly. They, they, so they number block it. So yeah. they don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so those are things, guys, you, you really want to stay on top. Remember, the whole purpose of you doing this is for you to get maximum result out of this exit strategy. You're exiting, meaning you're selling the business or something to that, which we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna talk about after this. But there are so many aspects to, to an exit strategy. So you know, I just want to let you know there are things that you need to look at before you get to the strategy. So now number 10, 
you want to look at is your company's website updated and in line with your purpose is it in line with your purpose because that could cost you a million or two so if your company's website is not saying the things that you're offering the service or the product then a buyer could easily look at that and go uh, I don't know about this business I don't know I'm not I don't think I want to pay 10 million for this they may bargain you down to five you see what I mean just because of those inconsistencies so that's something guys you want to take a look at pay attention to now does the website social media and marketing materials tell the same story that you're telling that's another thing you want to take a look at now some people go on social media and they make a fool of themselves I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go on social media and they do crazy things that, <laughs> that could cost you money in your business okay that could cost you money guys so you you want to really think about those crazy videos that are posted on social media and while you're representing your business you know that could affect you so right. think so about keep that. your personal life and your business uh social media totally separate totally separate. by all means <laughs> anything you put on linkedin should be about your professional life mm -hmm. your career nothing about your personal life and, you know generally you don't see that but every now and then people kind of slip up but you know social media once it gets online it doesn't go away it's there forever mm -hmm. right. if, a, if a person's doing uh intensive due diligence they will find it yep definitely guys so you want to be on top of your game be on top of it. It could cost you money. It could cost you business or it could cost you employees. So think about those things. Now, exactly. the last the last question, number 12 is, is your company's privacy policy current and up to date? Now, most companies today have a website. Most companies today have, have a website. And on that website, it is required for you to have a privacy policy because if you're collecting data, on your clients you collected information on your clients then you got to have a privacy and policy that states that you're not going to use that information for certain reasons that could uh, compromise the integrity of your clients you're not going to sell that data you're not going to do any of those things unless the clients or customers tell you it's okay to do that so on your website guys you want to make sure you have that kind of information on there it's current and it's updated because they change these policies yearly. If you notice, recently you've been getting emails from Google, you've been getting emails from, from LinkedIn, you've been getting emails from all these companies saying, we've revised our privacy policy, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. gotta do the same thing, guys. You know, Just remember, the big businesses are just a reflection of your business, all right? Whatever they do, you gotta do some of those things as well exactly all righty so Those with that things. being said we want to get to the meat and potato now right right exactly <laughs> so um so now i'm gonna back up Wait a second i can still go here i think uh let me stop this for a second um so i can actually get there actually, so go here. so while my co-host is doing that there are eight eight exit strategies and i'm sure there are more but there are eight primary exit strategies that you want to take a look at. Your company may take one of those. It may try to take 
you know, two of those or one and a half of them, but whatever it is, you're going to be taking one of those when you do your exit or succession planning. And I'll show you the difference a little bit between the exit and the succession plan. Okay. All righty. So first one up, sell to a partner or That's partners, right? right? Uh, to me, that makes a lot of sense. That's a merger, right? It can be merged mm -hmm. in between uh, two, two entities that have been doing work together in a partnership type of environment. They both could have separate businesses, but at least that, to me, uh, that person is has well knowledge of your business and they also have knowledge of your some of your customers and they have knowledge or have worked with your um, employees. So that could be a good uh, choice uh, for some of you because you uh, could possibly see your businesses running as you, as you, the founder, have always uh, foreseen it to run. And, and most of the times, guys, when you're selling to a partner, meaning a business that's out there, that they may be doing similar things to you, but they're doing it on a higher level, or they may be playing in a different pond, they may be doing something different, and you see that as complementing your business, then you may want to garner and grab all of that, put it together, and increase your customer base. So that's when you do the merger. The merger is selling to a partner, and you're bringing both businesses together. You know, you bring two, uh, two businesses together and you combine them into one. This will help to increase the value of the business and it helps you to look more attractive to investors, you know, in that type of thing. Now, when you're going through that, you may still need to provide um, certain type of services to your customers and you don't want that merger to interrupt your operation, interrupt the services you've been providing, uh, the, the, the service you're providing your customers and how you're treating them. So you want to keep that in mind. So that's part of your exit strategy where you want to look at how one, your employees will stay uh, true to the task and, and, mm -hmm. and through to the process. Because when you hear about mergers, a lot of employees get nervous. They're going, oh, I'm going to lose my job. They won't have any need for me anymore. So, you know, uh, so one of the first things you do, guys, before you do that is to have meetings with your employees and explain the direction in which the business is going, why you've made that decision and how they may benefit from that. Because otherwise, you don't want people to start jumping ship and leaving you <laughs> and leaving you stranded to take care of all these clients and customers and now you're going to start having a bad reputation because you're not doing it well now a merger is not the best exit strategy for you except if when you're doing that merger and you're bringing your resources together, you're going to be able to provide a better service to, to uh, your clients. So let me give you an example of that. So let's say Crystal is running her business. She's, she's doing bookkeeping accounting for you, right? Now, Crystal is going to merge with my business that does back office infrastructure, certification, and contracts, right? So Crystal is, 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 is merging with Buchanan and Associates. So now you, the clients that she had, 
you're going to be getting the accounting bookkeeping service, but you're also going to get back office service. You're going to get access to contracts. They're going to help you to become certified as a woman-owned, minority-owned small business. So that's that's helping you. That's more resources than an enhancement. So that kind of merger right there helps you. That helps you, the customer. And it also helps the employees because now we're going to need more employees to provide these services. So Crystal may have 25 employees, right? And, mm -hmm. and my company may have the same number. You bring those together, you're going to be able to cover a lot more a landmark, you know, a landscape and, and, and mm -hmm. touch, touch the, the lives of your customers. So keep that in mind. So, co-host, what's the next? What's the next topic on merge? On, so, on, uh... so the next one is acquisitions. Now, this is a little bit of. This could be a good acquisition, a hostile <laughs> acquisition, or a. Uh, we're going to come together and merge our our, our 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 products together, our business together, and we're going to make it a better company. So it could be friendly or hostile. So the acquisition is one company buying another company and with an acquisition uh exit strategy the employee the entrepreneur would have to give up ownership of the business uh to the other company that's in the position to purchase the company now you may work out a deal that you may stay on as the ceo for a year and they'll pay you while you guys are making the transition and they will pay you a comparable salary for that uh plus the purchase of the build of the business um so that you work out the kinks that's probably what we'd call a friendly <laughs> uh, acquisition or it could be an acquisition like you know what we're moving out all your managers all we don't need your managers we're bringing in all our people and uh the business is ours and in some acquisitions uh they actually just take the 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 good part and toss out the bad part <laughs> <laughs> so so in other words folks you may have a company that comes in and say hey i want to buy your business and you go no i'm not selling my business how dare you approach me that way they're saying come on we're just trying to, you know, there's a lot to go around. We can still do business. It's okay. We can right. do business. Let me buy it out. I'll, I'll give you a generous offer. You said, no, I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want you to buy my business. How much you selling for? Well, I'm selling for for 50,000. I mean, 50 million. And then the person may say, ah, uh, that's too high. You're only worth maybe a million. <laughs> so then... You, you're still holding your ground and say, ah, I don't want to be taken over. So the, 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 the bigger dog in the marketplace will say, okay, you don't want to do a friendly acquisition? Then we're going to step on your throat then. We're going to make <laughs> things difficult for you. <laughs> so they can start going to your customers. They can you know talk bad things to your customers about you. They can do some things that will put you in financial ruin you know, costly things, or they'll start some legal uh, lawsuits against you that will tie you up into court, your spending. And then you can't afford to pay all of that. Then you'll say, okay, okay, I want to sell. I'm willing to sell, right? So now they're going to say, all right, well, we were offering you a million before. Now we're only offering you half a million. You right, know? Exactly. So, they penalize you for not <laughs> <yeah>. moving forward. <laughs> 
So those are things, guys, that you want to look at. Uh, you know, the good side of that is um, you can have some actual higher value when someone buys you buy your company. You know, they may dress it up, you know, put some lipstick on it, make it look good, look a little better than it was before, and start selling the product at a higher end, the service. They may selling you may probably you were selling it for fifty dollars. They may jack it up and sell for seventy five, eighty, or a hundred dollars. Right. And banks and, tend to do a lot of the acquisitions. Yes. As you can see, we've seen a lot of mergers or acquisitions and uh, they came in and, you know, changed management sometimes for the better, sometimes not for the better. Uh, recently, there was an acquisition with um, Broadway Federal Bank here in Los Angeles and City mm -hmm. First Bank out of uh, Washington, D.C. Both of them um, were community banks. The City Bank is more of a black owned bank. Yes. So the merger was a good merger for them. Um, in fact, for those of us that are customers, I really didn't did. There was some there was some some points where the, they were making the merger of the uh, merging the two systems together. But other than that, the the actual acquisition or merger was it was a pleasant one. And yeah. so both benefited. Uh, Broadway Federal was a, a, a publicly traded uh, company. Yeah. And so, and City First was not. So that right away became an asset and a benefit yeah. for them. And then um, brought, uh, City First have some more modern techniques uh, and mother software and, and tools that Broadway Federal just didn't have the money to invest in. So it was a yeah. good merger. Uh, right. I would call uh, it was very beneficial for both companies. Right. And, 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 and that's very rare sometimes because, you know, acquisitions mean acquiring. When you right. acquire something, you purchase it, you own it, you make the decision, and that's that. So that's usually how many of the, uh, the acquiring businesses look at acquisitions. Right. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, Brandon said, uh, do you have a template? Yes, Brandon, we have a template, uh, an exit strategy template that we can provide you guys. So you know, we're going to put our emails at the end uh, in the chat and you can send us uh, your request and we can provide you a copy, a template of the exit strategy. But um, going back to banks, um, acquiring other banks, right now there's a pending acquisition between U.S. Bank and, and, and Union Bank. Ah, that's yeah. going on. That's going down right now. So you're going to see a different look for Union Bank, a different look. They're probably going to tweak their name a little bit, call themselves a little something a little different, add a word or so, right? And but and they're going to they're going to try to take on uh, U.S. Bank's uh, employees. I know they won't take all of them. They'll just probably you know for financial reasons, they may give them certain exit um, um, packages. Mm -hmm. So they can leave the company and, you know, they still have some funds to do some things. But that's usually some of the things that happen when you do an acquisition. When one big company takes over another big company, the bigger dog, you know, stand dominant over the smaller <laughs> dog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and, and that's really what the acquisition is about. Right. All righty. So this, the next one, number three is selling to someone, you know, your family, your friends. Uh, so this is called secession. Uh, yes. This is or basically leaving your, your business to a family, a friend, an uh, employee, uh, a customer, um, preferably your family members to keep the family, yeah. 
keep the family business going on. Um, But for that to work, you obviously have had to make sure that those children have been working in the business. That happens a lot in, Mm -hmm. I I think, in uh, Asian communities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The the kids kind of know that they're going to be taking over the family business. Yeah. And... And and just so you guys know, you know, I've done I've been doing this for quite a while right now. Just so you know, the first generation, their dream is always to pass down the business to the second generation. And that's pretty much successful 50% of the time. So 50% of the second generation may get involved in running the business. So, you know, succession planning, meaning that the business will be passed down to the son, the daughter, you know, cousin, uncle, you know, a close friend or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a 50%er. So it could go 50% either way, in a good way or in a bad way. The third generation, you find that 70%, 70 70% of them don't care about being in the business. They don't want to be a part of the business. Right? So when, when the first generation is going, well, you know, this is the family business and, you know, we need to pass it down to you. They're going, uh-uh, we don't care about that. So thirty only 30% of those tend to stay within the family business and run it. And, 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 and you guys need to know that too, because some of you may be running your business and you go, oh, I want to pass this down to my grandkids. Only 30% of your grandkids <laughs> will be interested in taking that business on to the next level. Just keep that in mind. And, if that's, and if that's what you want to do, you better bring them in at seven. Gotta bring them in early. <laughs> and cultivate them. <laughs> so they understand that. Otherwise, they're going to trash that business and you're going to be wondering, what? where did I go wrong? <laughs> you didn't bring them earlier enough. You didn't bring them in early enough to, to be able to embrace the beauty of the business. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, you want to definitely make sure they're acquainted with the business. They understand what's going on in the business, you know, and most more than ever, understand the profitability, the the balance sheet, the profit and loss of the business, the taxes, building relationships with the customer. All of that is important if you're going to bring people in to succeed you. So that's part of the difference between succession planning on exit strategy. Exit is you want to get out of the market, you want to get out of the business because you're either tired, you've been doing it for too long, or you were forced out, you know, because the market is getting too tough, your competitors are stepping on your throat, or you're running out of money. So that would be an exit strategy. Or you grow the business to a point where the business is so successful, it's a hundred million dollar business. You're going, okay, I've got enough, I'm ready to go, I want to sell this you know, for 120 or 150 million, take my money. And I go, you know, I go to Jamaica and kick back and go, all right, I'm going to buy me an island. I'm going to buy me an island, right? Now, I like this next one, uh, the management, the ESOP, the employee option plan. I like that idea. Yes. 
tell them about that. Tell them about that. The ESOP is the most popular way to issue options to your employees. So these are Mm -hmm. people that have worked with you for a long time. You give them an opportunity to become partial owners or their owners with the business, right? So they get stop options. They're much more engaged because they have skin in the game, right? Skin in the game. So the biggest challenge to this is that the individual family members rarely have enough money to buy the company. But if you're now providing them with employ with stock, they Mm -hmm. now have money uh, and now they're already owning. I I know several businesses, um, Armstrong's, the uh, uh, gardening Mm -hmm. uh, store, uh, um, nursery. All of their employees are, uh, it's an ESOP company and all of them are invested in the company. And so they get, I mean, the customer service is so different. Yes. When in in that instance, then going to say Home Depot or or going to any other nursery because Mm -hmm. they actually love this business. And they actually own the business. So I think that's a really good way. Uh, the mm-hmm. company my best friend works for is also an ESOP. Right, right. right. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of them out there, uh, but the, but that to me, that's a good way to engage your family and, fr- um, and your employees. Yeah. And who better to take over a business than an employee that's been with your company for 20, 30 years, and they have been loyal and dedicated to the mission and the vision of the organization. You know, what's amazing that the exit strategy that I just wrote for a client, what the strategy that they chose was this one, number four, the management slash uh, family buyout, the ESOP. And just yeah. for you, just for folks, for just for you to know what ESOP means, ESOP is Employee Stock Option Plan, that E-S-O-P, Employee mm-hmm. Stock Option Plan. So that's what it is. You give stock option in the business. Now, one of the things I like about ES- the ESOP um, option is, so let's say an old school owner been running the business a certain way. Now, they give stock options to the new school entrepreneur who think differently, who look Mm -hmm. at things differently. They bring in technology, they bring in all of this. They can expand the market share of that business by just including some of the things they do on a daily basis. You know how they make run their life on a daily basis using mm-hmm. their their social media, their smartphone. You know, little things that that, that help to enhance that the old school business owner probably wasn't thinking about. So that that's a very I like that option. It, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty. And on top of that, you say right now we're working, operating in a world where it's hard to um, retain employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're looking for so much more value to quality, quality to yeah. working. So if you're an ESOP, that's a great incentive that at some point you will be invested, invested in the company. And now you will be part owner of that company. And I think it, it, it gives you a leg up or a leverage on bringing in some really good talent uh, to help right. continue to grow the company. So for right. those of you that's having problems with your, with uh, hiring employees, that might be an idea for you. 
is yeah. to create a, a, a business, uh, an employee stock option. You would need right. to have a conversation with your attorney and your team, your attorney yeah. and your CPA on what that looks like. But um, from from a retirement standpoint, from uh, from an employee quality uh, uh, employees, re, uh, re, employee retention, that mm -hmm. could be an option for you. And a lot of restaurants are having major problems right now, right. maintaining their and finding staff. Actually, everyone in the business world today is having a mm -hmm. hard time maintaining. Right. So just a thought for you mm -hmm. guys to maybe something that you can jot down. If you're uh, listening uh, go at least inquire about it. Do your research. Do your due diligence on what right. is a, a ESOP, a employee stock option, and right. what does it take to become one? Right, right. And the next exit strategy is selling to an ESOP, which is number five. Selling to an ESOP. So selling your company to an employee stock option plan in an employee stock option plan is intended to keep the company's culture its operation, the identity of the company, the employees intact. So you keep the employees in place, you keep the culture of the business, and you keep running as usual like nothing happened. Like nothing happened, like the old owner is still there, but the you know, public may not know that. You know, They may see things being operated the same way and looking good and no skip in the operation at all. Now, then the customers say, hey, I haven't seen Gilbert in a while. Where is he? Oh, he's on vacation. <laughs> oh, where's Gilbert? Well, Gilbert sold the company five years ago. What? I thought he was still here. <laughs> he's on long vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Gilbert was still running the business. Man, you guys are doing a good job. So that's one of the options you guys can look at, you know, really. And, you know, it, it also provides necessary liquidity to the shareholders, you know, through structure design in order to create long-term sustainability. Now, also with this option, uh, you find old school owners sometimes, they say, okay, I want to sell the business to you guys, your employees, you've been here for a long time and you guys understand the culture, but you don't have enough money. So here's what I'll do. I'll take X amount now and then you can pay me the balance over a period of five years, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's another way that you can do that. And that, to me, is a great way to enhance generational wealth, yes. also to, to help enhance you know, your employees, empower them in the community, because now they don't have to come up with you know, millions of dollars to buy the business. They, they get to pay for it over a period of time. Exactly. And again, it, it increases your employees' productivity, uh, your company's profitability. Morale. Yeah, their morale. The morale <laughs> is good. You retain control of your company. Um, uh, you actually get some after-tax uh, proceeds uh, are greater than in a, in a sale with an outside buyer. So it really right. has some attributes and advantages. Um, one, while you're existing as a business, but two, when it comes time for that succession, then you can walk away and know that you're all the hard work and uh, that you put into raising your baby is not going to be um, uh, uh, stripped away yeah. because someone that an outsider is now running the business. So, And, and, and also one of the benefits of selling uh, to an ESOP, you know, someone, an employee in your business, 
it gives you some control over the company what it looks like going forward because the company still has your influence your culture the things you started with so you're you're going to be happy to see that that's still going on you know it's 30 years later but they're still doing the things that you used to so that that's really a good one you know and it solves problems of ownership you know in the succession planning process so then you don't have to worry about okay the new person the new owner coming in here i don't know these people i don't even know if i'm gonna get along with them but you know in this case you know these guys these were your employees you know they're right. dedicated they're your ride or die right exactly so makes good sense makes good yeah. you know that that's definitely a good option i put yeah. a star by that one uh yeah. next one is selling to a competitor or an investor yeah uh, third party so mm -hmm. of course um this one you know could 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 be good or bad but yeah. basically uh selling to another company or a private equity firm means giving yeah. up your control yeah. you have no input on what the company is going to look like how right. to run it any of that sort of stuff once they right. buy it it you're pretty much walking away uh yeah. so um an option but you have to yeah. determine whether that that is an option for you because once you're sold it it's gone and if you just want, if you're burnt out and you just want the money to just go away and walk away from it, maybe this, you know, selling to a third party or an investor option might be a good one because, yeah, you'll get your money, you'll walk away, you'll no longer have to do with that. But again, like I say before, you know, your business is your baby and a lot of people are attached to that baby forever. So they don't really want to give it up, even though they're selling it. They want to see some of their culture, some of their policies still being implemented. So, uh, you know, the, the investor is going to do what's best for them. So if they feel like, hey, I'm going to buy this business, but I'm going to knock it down to the ground and turn this into a parking a parking structure then they can do that too because it's their business. It's their business. So any relationships with employees, it really you have no control in it. Right. This happened with um, the the young lady that created the um, the um, antioxidant, what is it called? Um, immune system defense. I can't remember. Oh, oh um, something under the sea? Something no, under no, the sea. Uh, oh gosh, I take it every day and I can't even think of what it is. She emergency, emergency, emergency no, not emergency, it's the other one. Um, oh my goodness, I can't when you when you're flying on a plane, you take it, right? Is that airborne, it? Airborne, 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 yeah. She, yes. uh, she uh, was a teacher that in that that um, that was her business. She launched that business, she designed that business, and so she sold it. And right. she did not like the direction that they were they were going in, so she bought it back. All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it, it was going totally against why she did it, and so yeah. she was not pleased with how they were running it. Right, and so she bought it back. So that's kind of right. interesting. But again, uh, that's what happens. You right. um, you find yourself you have no say so in right. what they're doing. It's their business now. It's just like buying secondhand shoes. Yeah. You can't tell them how to polish them after you sold them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and see, some of the times, man, because you 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 built this baby from the ground up, and it's been thirty years now. You're so attached to it, and your customers and all of that stuff. When a new owner is taking it in the total opposite direction, it bothers you because you're going, man. The reason I came in here to solve this pain in the marketplace <laughs> is is because these people are suffering, and now these guys are just going to make them suffer worse. So I'm going to buy it back. I'm taking yeah, it buying back. Buying it back. So that's that's that's. <laughs> You know, again, you know, that just got to know that when you're getting, <laughs> so you have to know where you're going to be in this process. Right. Um, the next one is uh, going public. Uh, this yeah. is not a, um, the initial public offering IPOs. A lot of tech companies go public. This um, one, this one co-host is your baby. You, yeah. you love this one. You have a client that you're helping to do this right now, oh, right? Yeah. And from what my understanding today, we have finally got in all of the paperwork to the audit and auditor. Um, so we should be going um, live soon with the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. A lot of work on this one, though. It's a lot of work and yeah. very costly. Yes. So yes. most of you guys who are trying to sell your business, uh, initial public offering, IPO, you're going, hey, I want to be on the stock market. You think about it because it costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time. You got to go through a lot of compliance issues. And co-hosts, you've worked with a client on this. It took you, you know, like a long time. The, the, company, yeah. the company has to make X amount of dollars to be on the stock market, right? Actually, it's really more about, because um, this is the tech world kind of created this space, right? So mm -hmm. to start an IPO, you it's required, you have to find an investment bank, collect finance, and you have to have financials. You got to mm -hmm. have financial because mm -hmm. uh, it's all based upon that. You register with the Security and Exchange Commissioner. So you got a major big brother looking over your shoulder, much more intensified than the IRS big brother. Uh, you have to have prepared audit financial statements, which could cost up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in addition, you have to come up with a stock price and you got to keep the price. You know, you got to, it, it's a strategy. Uh, but can be very, very lucrative, uh, can change a life of the, the chairman, his family, and anyone else that owns stock in that company. Um, a lot of tech companies are because they have value. You know, just the mere fact that they have intellectual value uh, or mm -hmm. technology gives them a valuation right off the bat, right? Even though they have not sold the first anything, they just got a, a concept that it's going to be very lucrative because it's 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 a current it's 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 there's a place for it in the marketplace. So, um, not for everyone. It costs about six hundred thousand dollars just to even get started. Mm -hmm. Then after that, uh, making sure you're audited, and then you have to do uh, audited quarterlies every month. So it's not for everyone, but if you have a good business and it can be quite lucrative when you look at say like Facebook, right? Facebook started out, they were on the penny stock exchange, mm -hmm. um, which doesn't require all of the audited statements. Um, when they decided that it was time to go public, come off the pity uh, OTCs and come into the New York Stock Exchange, mm. uh, there's some instant billionaires that were created because mm. the employees own stocks of the company. So yes. I've worked for a couple of IPOs and mm -hmm. um, 
I have actually had stock in in several IPOs. The early day ones didn't survive, but uh, this one last one that I'm working with, uh, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. a long time and, coming. And with with this format, this strategy, folks, it's on. It's unlike a private business. It's a public business that gives a part of their ownership to stockholders from the yeah. general public. So the general public are buying shares in these businesses. And mm -hmm. that's and, and one of the first things you want to know about your business infrastructure when you're going when you're trying to go public is you cannot be an S corporation. You have to be a C corporation. Yeah. That that means you have unlimited shareholders. An S corporation, you can only have up to a hundred shareholders, and that's not going to do you any good if you're selling your stocks for ninety nine or a hundred dollars a share. You know, so you want to have uh, a unlimited. C corp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you unlimited, unlimited stocks. Unlimited. So you can sell whatever. You know, that's yeah. Your, you have to start. If any of you are engaged in um, the stock market. Yeah, and uh, you you have monies invested. That's what's happening on the other side. So something to think about, depending on yeah. your business yeah. and your and the longevity. The yeah. final one is liquidity. Yeah, uh, liquidation of the business. Uh -huh. So that means you're just shutting the doors. You're selling off your assets. Uh -huh. uh, you're paying off all of your investor. I mean, all of your debtors. All items must go. Everything <laughs> must go. <laughs> I've, 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 um, this is usually an owner that has money, money problems or in high yeah. debt. And that's yeah. the final option. This mm -hmm. is not the best option. This is actually just the final option. Yeah. I've worked for a couple of companies where me and the, um, uh, the CEO, the CFO, and a yeah. couple of other VPs. We were the last ones walking out the door, wow. having sold off all of the equipment, all of this furniture, Mm -hmm. All of the everything, shutting off the lights, gave our 30 day notice to the, to the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is tough. That is tough, co host. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. And it's like, bye bye. That must make you feel rejected, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't feel rejected because I was one of the five that left out with the rest of them. <laughs> but doing that process, that's a hard process, though. Yeah. On the serious side, because you have to start laying off employees. Yes, yes. Until yes. you have no more employees. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's hard, and especially in the early days of that, when yeah. you know, you gotta go back and say, okay, we gotta cut down to the bare minimum. Right. So put these people on the list, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, you gotta cut checks and benefits and uh uh sick pay and vacation pay and all that sort of stuff. And uh I'm sorry, we're closing our you know, we, we're trying to you try to save yourself by going very lean. But then you see that even lean is not going to help because you just are not generating enough. Um, it's like the the opposite of a startup, right? Yeah. In a startup, you can't have a lot of employees because you don't have a lot of money, which yeah. then limits in, in your the amount that you can sell because you don't mm -hmm. have the, the manpower to sell it, right? right? And then you get to that certain place and whew, you can go like this. Because mm -hmm. I now have, I can hire people and now yeah. 
sky is the limit. So yeah, this, is reverse. this is a reverse. This is a reverse. It's the down slope. That was yeah. the up slope. This is right. the down slope. Oh man. <laughs> That's when you're searching under your chairs, your couches, everything to see if there's money there to pay Begging some bills. <laughs> yeah. Man, that is awful. That is really awful. To me, this is one one of the worst exit strategy there is, you know. It is. Be That's this is the you don't have any other choice. This is the last step, the last stop on the bus stop, on the train station. This is like everything. a force. This is a force strategy. It's like right. you have no alternative. There's nothing else you can do. Nobody wants to give you money, funding, support you. You know, now they're treating you like, you know, you don't belong. Right. So, so this and, is and really tough. And you've passed up probably on all of the seven, uh, seven offers before yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and now you're kicking yourself because it's yeah. too late. You can't go yeah. back up the up the ladder to yeah. any of those other choices. It's and here's a tough here's a tough thing about this, right? At this point, let's say your business is worth, uh, let's say business is worth a million dollars, right? Right. You're not gonna ever get a million for this because no. one, you hold bills. You may have a lien on your business because you either owe the bank or you owe somebody, and they sued you, and you can't pay. So now, whoever is gonna come in and take this business, you're probably gonna get pennies on the dollar. And when I say pennies on the dollar, you're lucky if you get thirty cents on the dollar. You know exactly. <laughs> So it's really, it's really tough, man. I, I yeah, would never want to see a small business go through this phase of the exit strategy. Right. So that's pretty much, guys, why we had this, um, uh, this particular uh, topic, because we don't want to see you at this stage. Uh, I am sure a number of those businesses, those 400,000 that shuttered their doors, some of them were in this position, Gilbert. Yeah. They yeah. were at the, the last, the last station to, uh, stop and mm -hmm. didn't have any other choices. So uh, basically to summarize uh, the topic today is you want to start this early. So right now, all of you should go back and look at those. I um, hope you uh, wrote those down, the things you should be doing to get prepared and reach out to a business coach or strategist or a uh, consultant consultant, a CPA, yeah. attorney, mm -hmm. and start having these questions on how to uh, prepare for an exit strategy that meets all of the criteria that you'd want for the business that you've put a lot of hard work into. This was mm -hmm. your baby. So you don't want to see it, uh, all your hard efforts and everything that you've done and sacrifices that you've made in your business just be tossed away at the end of the day because you know you're not quite sure when to let go. Right. So you we you have to stop let go and yeah. see if one of these other seven uh, choices or six choices because the public offering might not be your cup of tea either, but yeah. six up to one could be an option for you. So mm -hmm. uh, really look at uh, what this really means because. Uh, procrastinating will, will cost you in the long run. So, and also with an exit strategy, Crystal, it it's a lot of con, uh, a lot of clients that I talk to. They're running a for-profit business, 
And they may also want to open a nonprofit business at some point too. An exit strategy can help you with that because if you're running this for-profit business and you're going, you know what, I want to launch my my for-profit business in, th I mean, my non-profit business in three years, then you start preparing for that. It's in your exit strategy that come three years, you're going to pass down, pass on the business to maybe family members or, or sell it or whatever, because you want to do this non-profit now to do these, that serve these types of population, you know, solve this pain in the marketplace. I mean, that could be another reason for an exit strategy as well. So, it's, it's just a number of different things that could come out of you planning and having your exit strategy. Exactly. So with that, guys, that's our topic for today. We want you, uh, again, This the series is about achieving work-life balance. And uh, so this one was really about time to relax and enjoy life. So just make sure you're making the right decision. So it will be an enjoyment of the of your life. And it won't be your last stand. It will be, you'll then probably, if you sell it, make a good decision and make a good choice on how you're going to um, exit and uh, your business, then you'll make enough money and maybe you could be sitting on the beach drinking your uh, pina coladas and uh -huh. resting until you decide what your next act is. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Much better way to, to end a business is uh, to be able to have enough money to live the life, to be able to achieve that work-life balance and not have worked yourself into the ground and don't have the energy nor the will or the inclination uh, start to start your to start uh to even start anything else or just to relax with your family so um i put my show. i put my contact information in the chat folks so you've got my name there coach gilbert buchanan my phone number my email address and uh if you guys want to send us an email give us a call and talk about you know your exit strategies your plan uh brandon was talking about a template earlier uh you know just send me an email so we can talk and uh, look take a look at your business and see what strategy would work best for you now just like a business plan which changes every year your exit strategy will change every year as well because you may choose one strategy now but that by the end of the year the business might be going so well you go wow I want to look at a different strategy because if I'm making a hundred million, then maybe this strategy will work for me now. Then next mm -hmm. year you start making 120 or 130 million. You go, oops, I've changed my mind. This is the <laughs> other one I want to try. So right. you never but I know. think it does help you make better decisions, Gilbert. Yes, I think yes. you really look at your business differently uh because you're again more intentional about your business yes. versus um letting the business just kind of happen by itself right. so i'm putting my information and I'm exactly i was just gonna ask you that too i am doing that so but remember guys i am going to be on vacation so don't call me next week <laughs> co-host co will be in the far east folks she'll be in, in egypt right so meeting I'm meeting the king of egypt and trying to do some <laughs> business transaction talk to him about 
his exit strategy. <laughs> right. Actually, I'm going to be visiting the latest new princess that was just born in Egypt that belongs to me, <laughs> to my family. So uh, that's where I'm going. So anyway, guys, it's been awesome. Come back next week. We're going to, we hope we will have our guests and we'll be kicking off our, um, uh, the the next series of the um, or the next part of the achieve your uh, work life balance, and we'll be talking to entrepreneurs about um, relationships, personal relationships, and the entrepreneur. All righty, so guys, you know how to reach us. You go to YouTube, and when you go to YouTube, you want to click on that subscribe button. Just so when we send information, videos, the materials, you guys can be first in line to receive it. Same thing with Facebook. You want to go there, check us out as well. We're Facebook Live. And now we're on LinkedIn. So we're, we're taking over the market, the social media market, folks. And a lot of small businesses have called us. They want to be on this show. If you want to be on this show to market your business, talk about your business, let people know who you are, where you're located and what type of services you provide for them, you want to be on this show. So check the chat. You'll see my phone number and email. You'll see co-host Crystal Mitchell's phone number and email as well. You can reach us anytime. All righty. So we're going to tap out and uh, go off and have a good weekend. You guys do the same. Enjoy. Uh, Greg, when you hear this uh, video, happy birthday, my friend. Happy and, birthday, uh, brother. <laughs> and we will see you guys next Friday. That's right. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll Using procurement, program, and control As a small biz pro, I saw we grow Using procurement, program, and control I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur